jingle bells jingle all the way. We, we know the person who says jingle. We don't want him mentioned either. <laughs> that naughty man, Mr. Jingle Jingle. Jingle Jangle Jingle Jangle is you know he's known. But anyway, a very happy Christmas to all the lovely people watching and um greetings from Broadstairs, Kent. Yes, thank you for joining us. Loads of questions have come in for Matthew. And if you have a question for Matthew, wherever you are in the world watching this, Facebook, Twitter, and, and, um, YouTube, put them in the chat and we will put them to him. And I'm sure it's just nothing but bloody rubbish on the TV right now. So here we are. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. You're probably watching some repeat of some boring old Christmas movie or, you know, the um, House in Buckets or something like that or... A rerun of the archers or whatever else is going on in the world but uh, i believe the arga went out in the archers yesterday but i haven't listened to that episode yet myself so i won't, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't listened already but um because nor have i but uh, i got loads of messages about that and uh loads of messages from the magnet wishing you happiness galore sean and to your lovely child and uh the lovely jen we salute the magneteers. Thank you very much for that. Yes, we love the magnets, and the magnets um, loves all the visitors that come from all over the world. We've had people in from Zimbabwe, um, uh, America. You know, one from America even brought me a Harrods hamper and a Portland Mason hamper, <laughs> and I've had bottles of gin galore and people visiting with, uh, you know, from London, and uh, we've had. Um, a lovely lady who came and had lunch with me with her daughter, who uh, that was very nice. And, you know, lots of lovely people. And we appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. And do you remember, Matthew, there was a time when the house was hushed on Christmas Day and we all had to sit and watch the Queen's speech? Did you? Have I know. To do well, that? I didn't watch the King's speech yesterday because I was a little bit over refreshed by then, I have to admit. <laughs> uh, I did watch Rishi Sunak's dreadful um, um, uh, piece of junk uh, where he attempts to be funny and um, uh, calls Harry Cole. And uh, they all thought it was Prince Harry he was referencing, but it's a journalist who I actually used to know called uh, Harry Cole. And Harry, of course, used to date... Um, the very famous uh, wife of a prime minister. And this is why he did this. This was revenge. So I don't know why no one else is talking about it, but Carrie Simmons, as is she now is, Carrie Johnson, you heard it here first, is the former lover of Harry Cole. So that was a very spiky message by Rishi Sunak and his little nemesis. And Rishi Sunak knows that he's finished He's going to be out of office in 2024. He'll be off to work for Facebook or AI or whatever he likes, because he loves his AI. Or he'll go and work with that Elon Musk or whoever else he'll go and work with. He's off to a new life in California. He's bogging off and, and leaving us all. And thank God he's going. But God help us all, because the present that we're going to get is in exchange Keir Starmer is about as dull as ditch water and his Christmas message of himself in a pub holding a pint of beer looking like he wanted to pretend that he actually liked going to a pub when he clearly didn't um, was equally pathetic but 
the attempt at being Hugh Grant combined with um, that Kevin from Home Alone. Um, no thanks. Please don't do that again, Rishi Sunak. You should be uh, elevating the um, art of high office, not lowering the tone. Well said. And isn't his wife a multi-billionaire anyway or something? Yes, and, uh, she doesn't give a damn about y- you or I or the little people <laughs> out there. She's quite happy with her multi-billionaire chums down there in <laughs> India and wherever else she's going to be going in California next. So she's got no concern for you or I or the poor little homeless person or whoever else. She's shameful. Absolutely ridiculous, overdressed, ridiculous little you know, tax exile, dodgy woman. First question is from Mrs. P. Season's greetings. Matthew, why do you not like Fergie? And have you met Prince Ziggy? Well, I haven't met the young the young prince, yes. Mm-hmm. Now he's been elevated to being a prince. Um, but um, I have met um, Fergie on multiple occasions. And she's rather childlike and rather pathetic and... I once asked her a question if she'd repaid the loan to someone I can't mention here, but um, you all know who he is. And um, she said no comment, and I say the word comment is superfluous. She is somebody who's a bit of a grabbing grifter. She's greedy and needy. And as for that appearance on our favourite show of your many viewers here this morning recently, which she guest edited with the disgusting Cliff Richard that was... um, like a car crash of epic proportions, given um, she never answered a single question put to her about the royal family um, without the diverting to talk about her own nonsense. Um, she really did make a total prat of herself, but that's what she does on a regular basis. As Prince Philip always said, she can be relied upon to be the village idiot. Yes. We've got a few questions that have come in on the YouTube community post. And the Christmas tree wants to know whether Matthew would rather see himself as Magnus Magnuson or Timmy Mallet. Who's Timmy Mallet? Um, Timmy Mallet's someone I pulled out the plug on once. Um, he used to go around with a mallet. And I went to Jodrell Bank in Cheshire, which was near where you used to live. In, uh, yes. And um, I was with my grandmother, and I remember him making a program and uh, I don't know why I managed to upset this Timmy Mallet, but I decided I would I would go and pull out the plugs to his his TV van, and I just ripped them out. And then he started swearing at me, and my grandmother intervened. She didn't know that I'd actually done this, so I actually was very 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 naughty. So I've, I've given away a secret, and my my grandmother. I hope she's not listening to this because she will have to apologise to Timmy Mallet. But no, he's the man who. He's a very strange man. He's a bit like that Fred the Weatherman, just creepy and weird. Um, you know, th- th- that sort of weird 1980s Philip Schofield with Gordon the Gopher type. Yeah. But he was called Timmy Mallet and he went around hitting people with a mallet. <laughs> now it'd be called abuse. So, totally question, question from Matt Thompson I received some Hendrix Luna Gin for Christmas. I would like Matthew's view of this particular gin. Um, Well, I don't think Hendrix is gin. It's flavoured vodka. It doesn't taste juniper. I don't like Hendrix. I think (laughs) I don't know what Hendrix Luna gin is, but um, (laughs) I like number three gin and Fisher's gin and Gilpin's gin 
and many other gins. I had a lovely Edinburgh gin sent to me by the lovely Nicole, who's a lovely lady who um, seems to be one of my big fans, and she sent some Edinburgh gin the other day. That was lovely, and some Titanic gin, but, you know, that didn't sink with the other. I don't know if that, that sank down very nicely. Um, <laughs> avoid Hendrix and avoid Gordon's. They are the two worst and also one called Brockman's, which I used to work with the company. Uh, terrible stuff. That's flavoured vodka as well. I'm not a fan of that either. Um, but I, and here is Nicole. Here is the famous Nicole. So Nicole from Edinburgh. Edinburgh Gin Nicole. So hello. Well, thank you for your kind words, Nicole. Right. We've got a question from Different Opinion. Please different ask. Opinion. Oh, please. Uh, is that an alternative view, or is that is that, or is that is a Holly Willoughby sort of? Are you okay, or are you really okay? It's a bit of a naughty question that I'm going to have to rephrase to. Um, it not, not be too naughty to me because you know my grandmother could be watching. So it's naughty. It's naughty to Tara Palmer. Oh, well, Tara! Tara was a lovely friend and a dear lady. So I, I, I don't want anything bad said against Tara because the. The lady was so delightful, and she was an absolute treasure. All right, let's go over to the question from Perfect Gentleman. Okay, Perfect Gentleman. Well, you better ask be him, one. Ask him about Tina De Silva. Tina De Silva. Yes, that's another nice lady who constantly writes to me quite a lot, and yes, delightful, very pleasant. Yes, very pleasant. Lots of nice people. There's so many of them. They they write to me from all over the world now. You set off a train. It was all down to you in the beginning. So. Choo choo, choo choo. Michael Portillo coming through. Yes. <laughs> Question from Sarah Gilmore. What does Matthew think of the recent program about the failings in the trial and convictions of the Menendez brothers? Does Matthew think it was factual enough, and was he behind the publication of it? Um, I wasn't involved in that program, but I did make a program about it myself. Um, I thought that the program was actually quite well put together, but it didn't include any of the people that I know. Who, are, like, for example, a man called Robert Rand, who was a main major journalist involved in that story, or a lady called Hazel Thornton, who was a juror in that case. It didn't include them, but it was mostly about this TikTok thing, which has made their case come to the attention of of a new generation and it's very fascinating how you know people who weren't even born when they went to prison are now interested in getting justice for them and they are survivors of terrible terrible things and you know they should have been convicted of manslaughter they should they deserve to be punished you you shouldn't be allowed to go around killing people but they were abused and they were given, a, according to their narrative, which I tend to believe, they, they, they were, it was fight or flight, basically, because if they hadn't done what they did, the parents were going to do something very bad to them because they didn't want things being brought out. But it's since this TikTok, it has emerged that the father was also involved with doing bad things to other people as well as his own children. And, you know, those children, as they were, they were young people and their own relatives, including, you know, his own brother, the father's brother, 
came and spoke out in support of them. But because of the way the legal system worked at that time, they were made an example of because they were sport-rich brats, basically, and that's how they were perceived. And there was the first televised trial in America, you know, and that was something that no one had experienced before. And, you know, I think certain things were not done correctly. They were dressed, you know, like they were going to the tennis club. And, you know, that wasn't a wise idea because that made the ordinary people dislike them. There was the um, O.J. Simpson trial that had collapsed and the justice wanted a verdict. And then there were all those riots as well. And, you know, it, it was all... Uh, you know, you, you don't, you, you've been through a trial, um, you don't know what way something's going to go. And then if you get lucky, you get lucky. And if you don't, you don't. And in their case, they had all the wrong things on there against them because of who they were. And, you know, whatever they have done, the fact is, I believe that they were victims of parental abuse and. I think they've been in prison quite long enough and they should be allowed to enjoy the rest of their lives. At least they're in the same prison together. That was something that took years of campaigning by many people, including these people who were not mentioned to the programme. The programme I didn't think addressed enough of that, but it was very about this TikTok. But I think there should be another programme more about you know why they should be free. So Maisie wants to know what you did on Christmas Day and was it delightful? Uh, I spent Christmas Day um, with my friends, the Irish up the road, and I had a lovely time with Max and Elaine and his family. And um, Max has been on your channel before in the background. And uh, Max will be coming up to London with me in the coming days. And we're going off to deal with a few matters and see a few people in and so, um, yes, so I had a lovely time with him and his family. And today I've been in the wonderful Magnet, and I was there also yesterday. Um, but that wasn't open all day long. But, um, no, it's been lovely to spend time with delightful people. And, and, and what about yourself? So, yeah, yesterday I spent the day at Jen's family, and it was Ziggy's first ever Christmas. And we filmed it, and we'll have some bits and bobs of the film on the Atwood family channel uh, in the next week. Well, or so where I'm are your visit. wonderful parents? My wonderful parents are in Cheshire. They went, they went with you yesterday. No, that's no, we, we, we went up and celebrated with them early and had a Christmas dinner and um, a celebration earlier in December. Uh, well, well, my regards and best wishes to your lovely mother and father. They're delightful people. Oh, thank you. Um, I don't know what you want to say on this one or whether you want to take it or not. Justin's wondering oh, what I can, answer, not... I can answer any question about the convicted criminal fraudster Bernard Eccleston because he is now a convicted criminal fraudster. He is on a 17-month suspended sentence for, for, for two years and he, um, um, I will be going after further matters in him in the new year and um, his son-in-law also, and the Metropolitan Police. So I'm still ongoing in my situation with them. Um, as regards James Stunt, his former son-in-law, um, I haven't seen him now for several years, and I wish him all the best. I hope that in you know the, the coming year when he goes back to 
retrial. I hope he is cleared because he's a decent person and I wish him all the best. And I do miss his company. I don't have any interest in ever seeing his horrible girlfriend. Um, don't like her, but um, I do wish him all the best. And so do many other people. And I've had many of his former staff writing to me over Christmas saying, can I get a message to him? I don't have his phone number anymore, so I cannot contact him. Um, but I do wish him all the best. But I believe he lives somewhere in central London now and he's um, he's got a dog I'm told and he goes for walks so I'm glad he's starting to get his life back together and I hope his life goes well. As for Dirty Bernie um, I don't wish him anything other than um, you know go to hell. <laughs> is he actually going to serve any time Matthew Dirty Bernie? Of course he isn't no no he's got away with it you know you're a little old lady and you don't pay for your um you don't pay for your TV license, you get sent to prison. But um, Bernard Eccleston uh, defrauded the tax man of 400 million. He's paid 653 million pounds back, but only after 18 years. So he's had all that money for all that time, which he's, of course, you know, had a good time with. Um, he went to Brazil after he got his sentence. So therefore, they haven't taken his passport as part of his, um, you know, license, parole. Um, and he also was going out to parties with Jerry Halliwell and Rod Stewart in the evening the other day. So therefore, he he obviously hasn't got a curfew. And I think that is utterly outrageous and shameful and wrong. And Dirty Bernie is a convicted criminal fraudster. And I will keep calling him this until forevermore. And he is a coffin dodger. And, you know, his daughter can't attack me anymore for calling him the convicted criminal fraudster coffin dodger. So... Good luck to you, Tamara, and to you, Petra. Um, you know, and as for you, Sam Palmer, you know, I have a an order against him also because he attacked me in a restaurant, and that is a matter that's being dealt with also. So we're going after them. I'm not bothered by how rich they are. They don't scare me. They are tedious and they are, abs you know, awful people, ghastly. So let's get no, this straight. No Christmas good wishes to the Eccleston family. That's sure. Let's get this straight then. So we've got all these people in prison for small little crimes like yes. TV license, drug yeah. possession, yeah. you know, small little shoplifting or whatever it is. Theft, and the or, friend um, of um, a certain royal who we can't, you know, I better not mention too much, uh, PA, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's a best friend of Bernard. And you know, he he can go around defrauding uh, the tax man of all this money, and he doesn't even get locked up because he claims that oh he's elderly, so he doesn't need to be sent to jail because he's elderly. Now I went to a local pub here with some local a, a, a pub I'll take you to next time I'm here. I've never been in a pub like it. They don't even have glasses because they're afraid of what the customers might do to one another with the glasses. And there was an old man who walked in there, age 70, and he smashed someone over the head with a snooker cue, and he got put in jail. Now, Bernie can't use that excuse because, you know, he's 90-something. He should be put in jail as well. And equally, Bernie used the excuse that he's a new father because, of course, Fabiana, the latest um, wife, has had a little child, which 
equaled ace, you know, the ace card in the pack, I guess. And uh, he said he couldn't be sent to prison because he's a new father. Well, plenty of other people who are, you know, fathers of delinquents and whatever else, they get sent to prison. So I don't understand either of those excuses being valid, to be honest. Nicole is curious for an update on Barrymore and Harry and Meghan. Barrymore and Harry and Meghan don't have any mutually um, association, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. But uh, um, Michael Barrymore is still trying to reinvent himself via this TikTok. Um, it, it should be TikTok, TikTok. Tell the truth, Michael Barrymore. That's what I say of of Michael Barrymore. We would like to have justice for you know the lady we did the program with, um, Mrs. Uh, the, the lady we. Uh, of Mrs. Homan, Sue Homan, and we'd like to get justice for the entire family. I think that would be something that would be fair. Um, as for Harry and Amigain and the drip Harry, well, um, they're obviously trying to reinvent themselves with yet more nonsense, but I don't know if there's going to be further court cases between her and her sister in the new year. Um, we'll see how that pans out, I guess. What about him winning against Piers Morgan? Um, he didn't really win against Piers Morgan. He he got um, he got a settlement on, I think it was fifteen out of uh, of thirty something cases. So he actually wasn't overall the winner. No, the majority of the cases he brought against those those papers were thrown out. Um, yes. They shouldn't have hacked people's phones and they shouldn't have done bad things. And if Piers Morgan did do such things, then it will eventually transpire. But at the moment, it's, he denies doing it. And I think Prince Harry has not actually he scored more of an own goal because he's made it worse for himself. Never go to war on the media because the media will come after you. It's a bit like Michelle Moan. And I've been doing a lot about Michelle because I, I had my own run-ins with Michelle Moan over the years. And, you know, she she admitted on television in an interview with Laura Koonsberg that she lied to the press. So she's fair game, and he's fair game. The pair of them should get a room. Perhaps his next wife should be Michelle Moan. So what do you see in 2024 for Harry and Meghan? More of the media manipulation trying to stay relevant? Oh, I think they will continue to bore us as much as they can. But um, I think most of the public would rather we don't even speak about them. We are bored to tears of them. They should leave the other members of the royal family alone. And, you know, we don't need to hear any more from that, um, that awful woman that attacked, uh, you know, the... Um, Oh, what was her name? Marlene. I can't remember her other name. That Marlene woman who who claimed that Camilla had been rude to her and the other woman had been rude and all the rest. It's it's just tedious. We don't need any more. Do we need any more of this? What's my favourite part of the Christmas lunch? Asks Susie. Oh, what did I get in my Christmas cracker? I didn't have a Christmas cracker, but I... I, I well, I've got a glass of whiskey, so cheers to that. And I am absolutely crackers, so I don't need a cracker, really, do I? Sprouts is that your favourite part of Christmas lunch? Um, I didn't have a single sprout. No, I don't, don't didn't eat any because I think Carrot they were off. And turnip. 
Carrots, yes, I like parsnips. Yes, they're lovely. Because in the north, we have carrot and turnip, but down in the oh. south, it's carrot and swede, isn't it? Oh, is it? I didn't know that. That's, uh, well, I've been in the north and the south, so north and south. There we go. <laughs> Sounds a bit like a Dickens novel, you know. Here, and here I am in the <laughs> land of Dickens myself. So. What's Matthew's favourite Christmas carol? I can't say I have a favourite Christmas carol because I'm not really into Christmas, but... Uh, I do have an aunt, Carol, and she was born on Christmas Day. So there you go. She was born on Christmas Day. That's great. Yes. So that's why her name was what she was given. Yeah. Got a question here from Louise Jackson. What's Matthew's favorite book? Um, well, as I, I've always said, I don't have a favorite, but I love lots of things. Um, I very much enjoyed reading The Great Gatsby recently. Again, I read that. And, um, I have one of Jeffrey Archer's books here that I, I read on holiday recently in France, The Traitor's Gate, which I recommend. It's easy reading. You know, I like a mixture of things. Uh, Patty Boyd, I've got her book. You know, her, her husband is a friend of mine who she was married to Eric Clapton and George Harrison. Um, uh, what else have I got in front of me here? I've got uh, Anne Robinson's Weakest Link quiz book, you know, and obviously Sean Atwood's wonderful books. They are. I have to send you my new one. It just came out for Christmas. Oh, uh, well, Sean Atwood's books are always on my bookshelf. I've got several of them sitting here next to me. Um, my house is full of books, as everybody knows. That's literally, um, it's a collection of everything from. Uh, Edwina Curry, I can see over there, which is not one of my favorites. Um, to Richard Osman, to uh, Keith Floyd, you know, you could have a, any any array of things here in this house. What am I doing at New Year? I have no idea, no idea about New Year. Angela, we love Angela and her lovely son, Jeffrey. Angela and Jeffrey, yes, I know them, they're, they're very nice people. We love Angela and Jeffrey. I think we're just going out for a family meal. No more raving the night away. No more raving. Um, I don't think you're a raver anymore. You've got to be a responsible father. <laughs> so we expect you to be well behaved. You're getting asked, um, have online trolls been paid to troll you? Um, well, I believe that a certain uh, convicted criminal broadster um, encourages a lot of people to harass me a lot of the time. And in the past, I had a lot of harassment because of my involvement with a lady called Gina Miller and the jailing of a man called Viscount St. David's. So, yes, I've, I've lived with that and I've had security guards in the past who looked after me. Um, I didn't feel the need for them, but other people felt I should have them and they became my friends and you, you've met them. So, you know, some of them and they're lovely people and um I'm not really scared of speaking out. You know, it, there are horrible people in the world. You know, that Alex Belfield man who we've talked of before, people like that who do horrible things to people, you shouldn't have, no one should have to tolerate being treated badly by other people. And, but I don't feel scared of it. But I put myself in the public arena as of you. And of course, you have people who criticize you and, um, I have people who criticize me and, well, you just have to put up with them. You can't, you're always going to attract those people if you're 
anywhere out there. And there's some mad woman that makes videos about me. I'm told I've never even bothered to watch them. I don't pay attention to nonsense of that type. It doesn't it doesn't offend me because I don't even look at it. That's all you can do is not pay attention to it. And inevitably, it just shines a light on the dark souls of the people putting it out there. Well, precisely, because haven't they got something better to do? Why don't they go out there and make their own program about whatever they wish to talk about, which is obviously their own deranged minds. But, you know, um, I wish them all well with it, whoever they are, but I don't watch it. So you're actually making absolutely no impact on my life because I don't even see it. Abby is wondering whether Matthew, dare I ask what Matthew thought of Fergie joining the royal family at church? I thought her grabbing of the uh, all the bit bunches of flowers was a bit greedy and a bit grifting, and that's just what we expect. Well done, Fergie. You always help yourself to whatever you can help yourself to. <laughs> Who was it that you had a flower story about? Oh, that was uh, Philip Schofield, wasn't it, the flower Oh, story? yeah, well, Philip Schofield um, tried to push my mother out of the way when my mother wanted to buy some water those, and, well, he didn't get very far with that. So, yes, well, old Phil, I don't know where he, where he spent Christmas, but I imagine it wasn't in the... Uh, family album of this year or with the uh, family friend the former the former uh, runner who we're not allowed to talk about but uh, you know we'll see what he, he he doesn't seem to be having any rejuvenation and nor does holly um and her uh, are you okay or are you really okay probably just stirring out really of the really window okay? stirring out of his window of a lost gaze reminiscing about playtime i know well gordon or gordon in the oh, cupboard gordon. Gordon the gopher in the cupboard. It's like something with the candlestick. It could be something from Pluto. <laughs> yes, well, that's what we are. Sharon. I don't know what a dad joke is, I'm afraid. So I can't give you a dad joke, Sharon, but um, um, it be a little unworldly and weird, but I don't know what a dad joke is. I'm getting, told, I'm getting told off by Kaz in the chat. It's okay, oh, Kaz. Well, why, why have I offended Kaz? I've offended Kaz. Oh, you've offended Kaz. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't know what I, I can't see this chat, you see, because I only can see this thing on this um, thing that you stream yard thing. I can't see the comments. I've been labeled a cheeky chops who's trying to amuse himself. Oh. Oh, well, Kaz, we, we, we wish you a happy, merry Christmas, Kaz. I Did you receive any Cliff Richard records for Christmas? <laughs> um, I didn't receive a calendar even. It's, it's I would rather you please send Jim. Please send Jim to the Magnet Pub, uh, Albion Street, Stairs. I'd rather you send Jim. No Cliff Richard, no PDs, no... No fan tributes, no nothing about him, please. No, 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 no. I'd rather eat wasps now than paving stones. This is quite ancient, isn't it, this? I saw a video of Fergie getting paid for something in front of a hidden camera. Didn't catch if this was a crime she committed recently and before. Um, that, no, that's, no, that's, that's an old one, isn't it? That was with the news of the world, and that was when um, she offered access to Prince Andrew if they gave her £500,000. That was the man called Mazza Mahmood, and Mazza Mahmood subsequently went to jail 
over other matters and she tried to sue for five million and she didn't get very far with her suing but um yeah she she offered access for five hundred thousand so yeah well barbie scobie has reminded me of one of your favorite journalists oh which one would that be omid oh omid oh oh the lovely omid well Yes, he's, his book hasn't done very well, so it's all a bit, bit of a damp squid this, for uh, Omid Scooby this Christmas because, uh, you know, he didn't exactly rock the bestseller list, did he? Even with all that staged publicity about all it getting banned? Especially on, um, on this morning with the, you know, the was it Dozy Josie or another one? Of the Holly Go Lightly's, uh, you know, <laughs> replacements. I don't know which one it was. But was interviewing the uh, him in his in his horrible white trainers and his cheap, you know, pajama outfit. Um, he didn't exactly uh, think about his the consequences of his stupidity. Um, but no, um, I don't think Omid is going to do very well in twenty twenty four. And I think, you know, his little um, meal ticket, Megan, is probably no longer interested in him because he's no longer useful. Shout out to Annabelle Atwood. That's the first Atwood in the chat that I've seen with two Ts. Oh, is that a, a relative of yours? I don't think so, but uh, that's unusual. Oh, well, there are other people with the name Atwood who are, you know, famous novelists, for example, isn't there? One T. Yes. Oh, she's a one T Atwood. Oh, well, she's I'm, ahead, I'm in front only of her. Only a half Atwood. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon is wondering if she can have your predictions for 2024. Um, I don't think it'll be a good year for um, Prince Andrew and Fergie. Um, I don't think it'll be a good year for Meghan and Harry. Um, uh, or I don't think Philip Schofield will be making a comeback. Or um, who else can we? And Omed, well, he's in the mire. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, somebody good. We need to think of somebody wonderful. Um, um, I don't know. Uh, well, Dame Patricia Routledge is still doing wonderfully well. And um, um, I don't know who else I can think of. Uh, I think the Queen is doing very well with her book reading clubs. And I think that's a wonderful thing that she's encouraging people to read. And she's going to have another literary festival. That'll be um, something I hope to go to, actually. Um, I don't know. There we are. I've asked a few predictions. Um, You've stirred up the interest of Annabelle Atwood now, Matthew. She wants to know a little bit more about you. Um, well, there we go. I'm, I'm not really called a co-host. I thought I was a guest. <laughs> it's not my program, Annabelle, but um, <laughs> here I am. I'm, I'm interrupting as a co-host. I not that before. Um, there we go. So anyway, I'm just somebody who is a simple, ordinary person who talks about a few different things and uh, lives in Kent and in London and... Uh, Jets around a little bit, and up I go here, there, and everywhere. Um, do I know who Ian Sexton is on Twitter? No, um, I don't. Know. I, I've heard the name of this person, but I, I don't know who he is. I've never met him or encountered him, but he, 
if he's such a negative person, then we don't really want to know him. But thank you for highlighting him. But I think it's probably best we don't mention any more about him because that's probably what he wants. If he so is Billy, Billy Nobody is wondering what the, latest, what yeah. the what's the latest scandals you've heard of? Um, well, I think the uh, list that's coming out on uh, New Year's Day, which we can't talk about here, but mm. uh, there will be a list coming out on the 1st of January, which um, I would say the 10 people who aren't on the list, uh, who whose names have been redacted, are probably the more interesting ones, but that's we'll see what happens with that list. But um, I have been in touch with one of the people, that, the woman who was convicted, um, uh, one of the five victims, and she's told me lots of things that she's had to say about it. So she knows a little bit more in advance because she's one of those people. So there we go. So what's the fallout from that going to be, Matthew? I don't think it'll be that interesting because I think most of them are already known. I think they're already out there. It's just it's more of the same, but um, for one or two of them, it might make their lives a bit worse. But I don't think it's going to change much because the person who they're connected to, he's already dead, so it's not going to affect him. And the other one, well, she's incarcerated, so it's not going to change her life anymore. It might mean that she's got more of a threat against her if something is out there, and it might encourage her perhaps to finally open her mouth. But to date, she hasn't done that. So, you know, the arrogance of her is still there, but she she owes her lawyers hundreds of thousands of pounds, and she hasn't paid, and you know, if you're a new lawyer, why would you take her on as a client? Because you're, the, the old lawyers haven't been paid. So getting involved with her is getting into a very filthy bed. You know, you just wouldn't want to be in that rotten sack with her. Um, so, no, I think the the new year will bring, you know, and I'm trying to do this without even mentioning these names. You've here, done it brilliantly. Um, but, you know, the rotten sack of, you know, Grubby G um, is is somewhere nobody would want to go. You know that ex husband's got rid of her. Um, the family, well, they've tried to do Jeremy Kyle, and I think he's another rot bag who's tried to reinvent himself by getting involved with her, and that got her into big trouble. So she got put in the hole for a few days, and well, a few weeks or whatever it was, and. I just think the arrogance is so out there. Um, you know, our friend, uh, uh, talking of something more positive, our friend um, who we met at that crime conference uh, thing, um, the man called John Sweeney, he's been out in Ukraine with um, another old friend of mine, um, which is a completely weird union, given that he's quite left-wing. And um, he, he, he's been distributing with... My friend, who um, I haven't seen in a while um, because he's out there, um, James Hewitt. And James Hewitt and him have been helping all the people in the war-torn land out there and giving them um, food and medicine and um, things. And then he broke his legs. So they've been making videos together, which I thought was kind of extraordinary. It was kind of a weird union, that one. Um, 
I'd like to get to the bottom of knowing what that story is all about because I've no idea how those two could have met. Yeah, when Sweeney first went out there, we did a broadcast with him, and he's still out there, is he? Oh, he is, and he broke his leg. How did he break his leg? I don't know. He fell over on some ice or something whilst he was delivering things with James Hewitt. Oh, my God. Couldn't goodness. make it up. It's, you know, oh. Diana's lover and him. <laughs> it's a, a very strange pairing. So we had a guy on the other week who said that Rolf Harris was innocent and he's written a book about it. Oh, well, him, uh, yes. I know who he is. He's revolting. And I know I'm not a fan of him. He's, you know, I, I think people who support Rolf Harris are, are shameful and wrong because I know victims of Rolf Harris. So I, I, I know who you're talking about, yes. Well, yeah, we had a victim of Rolf Harris on a couple of weeks before him as well. But anyway, the viewers were asking whether you would debate this guy. I'd happily speak to him, yes. I've, uh, I think, you know, this Rolf Harris, I've met Rolf Harris. I I met Rolf Harris's wife. I've, I know people who bought Rolf Harris's paintings, um, you know, and then all these people that supported him, like Silla Black, for example, and, you know, she, she was like, oh, the, it can't be him. It's extraordinary. And no, he... Well, I'd happily talk to this man, but uh, I wouldn't be agreeing with him. I know who he is. I've, I've read about his book. I will certainly not buy it because I don't wish to give money to somebody who supports that because of this lady I know, you know, her life was ruined by what happened to this. And she's very glad that he is now brown bread because that's closure for her. You know, it's better off for her that he's gone. And that poor lady doesn't need any more you know, nastiness in her life from from that. And, you know, it's rather like the lady I knew who was a victim of um, Max Clifford. And Max Clifford's daughter tried to sue me for daring to talk about them and her buying the goodwill of her father's business, which was disgraceful. And she's dead also now. But, um, no, victims should not be shamed. It's terrible. And that man's book is... Uh, appalling in my view but I don't know right. I don't any benefit in me speaking to this man because he's only going to say that oh he's innocent and he did nothing wrong but um, you know why did he go to prison and then write a series of songs calling the victims woodworms I thought that was revolting you know and he he had he, he, he had his he had no respect for these poor people and what he did to them and you know then he got out of prison and then he went off to the local school and started waving at the children which he wasn't meant to do either i don't see how this man can defend this but if he so wishes to i will happily ask him some questions but don't be surprised if i don't find his answers acceptable well the poll it was 98 percent of the viewers felt that Harris is guilty after watching well, I think, um, I think 100% of sane people out there would say he's guilty because he was convicted of multiple, multiple crimes. Um, you know, if you, get, if you get convicted of one thing, my mother had a friend who was falsely convicted of such a crime and it turned out the woman was making things up about other people as well. 
but his life was ruined by it. You know, Neil and Christine Hamilton, who I knew, were falsely accused by one of Max Clifford's clients, and they were falsely accused. But when you're convicted of 14, 15, 16, you know, 20 crimes, like the person you've written the book about, um, you know, who wasn't even convicted in his lifetime, then surely there has to be some truth in it if, you know, it happened that. And in Harris's case, Rolf Harris had a pattern, and there were many of them, just like Savile. And, you know, that whole group of people, terrible. So I don't believe your, your guest who thinks he's Mr. Innocent um, you know, and he, what he did with his didgeridoo and his, you know, tie me up kangaroo down, whatever he did, and ugh, vomit comet is all I can think of to put to mind for him. He is a sick twist. He was a sick twisted person, and you know, I, I, I think you, if anyone who wants to look, should see what he wrote when he was in prison. And he called these victims the filthy woodworms who were trying to make him squirm. And I can't remember, I, I, I don't remember the entire lyrics of it because why would I want to? Because it's disgusting. But how terrible for those people to have to live through him abusing them again and again after he'd even been sent down. And then why did he go? pestering those children at that school when he got out of prison. That is not the sign of someone who's mentally well. He he was definitely sick in the head and evil. A very evil man. And I didn't like him when he was alive. And I don't like him now he's dead. And I don't care that he's dead and good riddance. And as for that stupid daughter changing her name, because she's trying to revive her career. And she she disowned her father and wrote to him and said, you, you make me disgusted whilst he was alive. But of course, now he's dead, she wanted all the money. So she's she's back on the uh, gravy train as that little uh, pest. Uh, Bindi Nichols is her name. And um, she's someone I don't have any respect for either because um, supposedly she was friends with some of the victims when they were at school. And that's, you know, those poor people would never have met their monster if she hadn't been at school with them. So terrible, terrible bunch of people. On a less gloomy note, we've got some festive questions. Chevron yeah. wants to know whether Matthew is going to get a TV show to replace this morning. Um, I haven't been asked to do it this morning. I, I was asked to go on the program called Gogglebox, but um, they couldn't decide if someone was suitable to go on it with me you see so that didn't work out yet but they, they're still in touch with me but uh, I don't know if I would be any good at such things because I don't really watch much television so um, I prefer reading books but that may have been the problem <laughs> so, um, right uh, right next question if you could go anywhere in the world where would you go I'd love to go to Peru Chile India and New Zealand that's from Jeff oh, this is uh, this is Jeffrey, the son of um, our previous uh, question. Uh, well, Jeffrey, I, I'd like to go to lots of places. I, 
I don't know why you, Peru, Chile, India, and New Zealand are on your list, but um, I wouldn't mind going to any of them. No. Um, where would I really like to go? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Um, here, there, or anywhere. Oh, anywhere where there are wonderful people. But, like, if there was one place in the world, you had to choose one. Um, I'd like to go to, oh, I know where I would like. I would love to go to Shetland because I watched that that detective program Shetland, and I thought this place is a bit wacky because it's got no trees and it's a bit oh, it's a bit odd. I thought I'd quite like to go there. Did Matthew receive a present from Anthea Turner? Um, why would I receive a present from Anthea Turner? That's totally weird. I wouldn't retreat, receive any present from her. Um, I don't know, but my viewers do love talking about Anthea Turner and Scylla Black. They are two of their obsessions. Um, but I have never received a present from Anthea Turner, but I have had dinner with Anthea Turner and watched her swinging into action with alongside her old ex-husband. Um, the one-to-be doesn't seem to be marrying her, but he was busy biting off a policeman's nose whilst high on drugs, as far as I last gathered. So. Um, I don't know when that marriage will actually occur, but um, but no, Anth, um, no, I, I, I can't say I've ever received a present from Anthea Turner. No. We've got a question from Yippie Left Side. Yippie Left Side. <laughs> they do have some exotic names, these people. Why the bloody hell do you like Jeffrey Bloody Archer, the Hamiltons, and Joan Collins? Ha ha ha. Um, well, I can't say I particularly like Joan Collins, but um, Christine Hamilton gave a speech at my 21st birthday party, which was very kind of her. And I think Jeffrey Archer writes good books, so there we go. And Jeffrey Archer is um, a very intelligent man, and um, Neil and Neil and Christine have been always very kind to me, and they're very likable. Um, Joan Collins. I, of course, know her ex-lover, uh, Bungalow Bill, you know, the man known for having not much upstairs, but a lot down below. Um, and he he is somewhat... I thought you'd like that one, but you didn't get it. What's that one? Bungalow Bill, known for having a lot down below, but not much upstairs. <laughs> um, and he's a good friend of mine, Bill Wiggins, and he's a lovely man, but he... And I also known Joan Collins's niece, who lives in uh, California quite well, who um, came to a dinner party and took off all her clothes and did something a bit naughty. Um, that was kind of a bit funny. Uh, the home of a lady who was the Greyhound bus heiress, Marjorie Munson. And um, I have met Joan on occasions, but I can't say claim to know Joan. Um, but um, Jeffrey Archer has always been very pleasant to me. Um, he is a bit tricky, but you know he, he's a he's an intelligent success. And um, and as for Neil Neil Hamilton and Christine, they've always been very jolly to me. We don't agree about Europe. We don't agree about most things because they're a bit more right wing than Genghis Khan compared to me. But um, and they think I'm probably a left wing. Uh, sop um, but I don't know, I don't know what Joan Collins has got to do with the price of fish to be honest so. 
So I was I was um, perusing the chat questions to find something particularly interesting. Can you read us the mini Cheddar's complaint letter again? It's hilarious. I oh, well, I could, but it's upstairs, so I'd have to go and get it. That's all right. I'll hold the fort if you want. I'll hold the fort. Well, you can chat for a moment. I'll go and find <laughs> you. I'll pour myself a bit more famous grouse. Go for it. And I'll go and get this uh, this letter. Good uh, call, Harriet Blanca. Oh, Harriet is a fan of my, my program and a lovely lady who helps with my quiz. Uh, we call her Debbie McGee. For those so viewers, you can talk about that magical uh, couple for a moment. You know, the lady who was on Mrs. Merton, but I'll go and find this letter. Um, for those viewers who have not heard the <laughs> mini Cheddar's complaint letter, you are in for an absolute treat. I, um, many of you may have heard it, we've done it once before. And um, it's worth doing again. It's that good. We will. We will. Well, you will see momentarily. And huge thank you for everyone. We did put a couple of pictures up of Ziggy over Christmas, and we've had ten thousand likes on the community post, uh, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere else. Thousands of comments. I can't keep up with them. I just want to say a huge thank you for everybody who did take the time to leave a lovely comment about Ziggy and his Christmas outfit. Right. Well, I suppose I have to find my letter to Minnie. <laughs> oh, is Ziggy's Prince Ziggy might be coming to put in a little appearance? Here oh, is. well. Ooh, come on, oh, he's a, he's a sleepy boy. He's a sleepy boy. He just wants to come and say hello to Matthew. Oh, Ziggy! Hello. Hello. Say hello to Matthew, Ziggy. Can you see him? Oh, he's dozing. He's dozing. He's dozing. Oh, he looks a little tired. Let me just remove the comments so people can see him. There we go. Whoa! Right. Oh. Can you see Matthew? Can you see him on the screen? Oh. Let's put him back to bed. We're going to put you to bed. I'll be right back. <laughs> right. Well, the mini Cheddar's letter has to be found. Um, right. <laughs> right. Uh, Was it found? Um, I've got the letter from, from my letter. Oh, my reluctant, yes. The reluctant complaint. Yes. What's the background of the letter first, Matthew? Well, uh, I I uh, I bought some mini cheddars, and you'll hear about it now. So, um, if you wish to make a complaint about mini cheddars, you have to supply certain information. So, uh, so I began. So, you ask for the following: your name, your address, and postcode. The product's name, size, and best before date, and associated detail. The place and date of purchase. My answers, and I gave my name and address. Mini Cheddar, the original 22 pack, 506 kilograms. <laughs> Best before date, 12th of August 2028. Packaging reference, the C151428. Purchased at Iceland Broadstairs, Kent, 31st of March, circa um, 4 pm. I purchased the above and just opened a packet. 
the many cheddars were stale. I opened another packet, also stale. I opened a third, also stale. I have been eating your mini cheddars since I was a child. I'm now 42. I love and am addicted to them and have regularly tweeted to my following, and I mentioned how popular I allegedly am. I don't know who these nutcases are that follow me, but they must be off the rockers, about how wonderful I think they are. My friends will testify that other than gin, mini cheddars are my very favorite things. I am one of your wholehearted supporters normally, and until this day have never had one single bad mini cheddar. Sadly, I am thoroughly disgusted having bought a pack that contains 22 packets that are clearly stale, bad, and frankly, inedible. I am more distraught than that the general masses were of the passing of Paul O'Grady this week. Because he died that particular week. <laughs> I cannot, in fact, believe how bad these biscuits truly were. I said, um, da -da 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 about my publishing, I said, I would never normally complain about your product, as I do generally love a mini cheddar, but the pack I bought was inedible, and I hope that you will revert with a positive response, explaining the abject horror I faced as I had to throw the rest away. What an utter waste. I even tried to feed one to the seagull. It wouldn't eat it. <laughs> thank you. And here's the little um, Thank you for contacting us regarding Jacob's Mini Cheddar's original 22-pack. I'm very sorry to hear that you were disappointed with your purchase. Please accept our apologies for what has happened and the inconvenience caused. I don't know how it was inconvenient. It was just offensive. A definite deterioration in this product could possibly um, be due to poor storage conditions at some unknown points into production um, and prior to you receiving them. All transport and storage is under controlled conditions. Unfortunately, it looks as though this has happened outside of our direct control. We have a very long tradition of baking. Oh. And our high-quality standards are very important to us. It's very disappointing. And we, when we occasionally fall to, fail to meet these standards, please be assured that we are constantly looking at ways to make sure that our products reach you in a perfect condition. It is very, very rare that this type of complaint happens, and I hope it will not stop you from purchasing Jacob's products again. As a gesture, <laughs> well, I will be sending you um, vouchers for reimbursement, which they sent me enough to buy about 100 packs. Um, thank you very much for letting us know what happened. And I hope you'll be able to enjoy our products again in the future. You're sincerely Chloe Gray, <laughs> Consumer Services Coordinator. <laughs> she wrote to me from Ashby de la Zouch. <laughs> How long did the vouchers last, Matthew? Oh, I don't know. I've spent them all at once. But in the meanwhile, um, somebody sent me um, two boxes of mini cheddars to the magnets. A <laughs> hundred and one packets. Yes, so I've had even more. <laughs> yes, Harriet loves the uh, mini cheddars better. Um, then, I, then there was the time I wrote about the um, the incident of the woman choking to death at a harvester. What? Which, this was another one that went down well. Um, uh, my father decided to write back to me about this matter. 
um, he thought it was the, uh, I'll see if I can find you this one. This one will amuse them even more. This one's far <laughs> The the uh, right. I'll find the the Brewers Fair. This 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 lady decided to eat a mixed grill, which prompted me to write about experiences I'd had of my own with people choking to death, um, which were quite entertaining. Um, the Brewers Fair. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, right. I, I would have known if I'd been prepared in advance, I would have had it already for the handle. It's, um, uh, Brewers, was it Brewers Tavern or something? What is it called? This horrible, it's like a Weatherspoons. It's completely um, mixed grill. I suppose if I type that in, I might get it. The mixed grill. Uh, maybe, um, maybe it's called a, hot, a death by mixed grill. So, yes, it was called a Brewer's Fair, not a Brewer's Tavern. So I made a mistake on it. So a Welsh woman named Karen Hopkins, I said, not a relative of the especially unctuous Katie Hopkins, one can likely assume, choked to death at the ultimate provider of food hell, a Brewer's Fair, after indulging on what can frankly only be described as the meal choice of Beelzebub, a mixed grill. And I can assure um, the viewers that Sean would not like this, given that he's um, vegan. So poor unfortunate Hopkins and her daughter, Rihanna Evans, had ordered a £13.79 pence meal at the so-called restaurant in Ebu Vale in Blanau Gwent. It consisted of a mixed grill of a four-ounce steak, half a gammon steak, two fried eggs, half a chicken breast, two pork sausages, chips, onion rings, half a grilled tomato, and garden peas. And the 47-year-old, the result, according to Miss Evans, my mother was unable to speak because she was choking, so I slapped her back. Some frothy brown liquid came out. She said, I'm going, I'm going, before collapsing to the floor unresponsive. Miss Hopkins was sadly subsequently pronounced dead at the scene and now provides a lesson to us all. Mixed grill at your own peril. <sighs> ah, so then I referred to five other curious non-mixed grill deaths by food and drink, two of which I was present at. Alan McDonald. Yes, this, this man, Alan McDonald, in March 2010... Um, the 61-year-old retired banker turned party crasher went uninvited to Kuwait's National Day party at the Dorchester. I was present. He took a bite of a canapé, fell to the floor, and later died in hospital. Um, he, 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 he was death by canapé. And they put a tent round him and the party carried on. And then there was King Adolf Frederick of Sweden. I wasn't present for this because it was in 1771. A royal who became known for eating himself to death, King Adolf Frederick consumed lobster, caviar, sauerkraut, and kippers. He washed the lot down with champagne and then followed with 14 servings of semlar with hot milk. He then keeled over and that was that. Then there was Basil Brown in 1974. He was a health advocate. He died after drinking 10 gallons of carrot juice in 10 days. 
he had consumed 10,000 times the recommended daily allowance of vitamin A. Then there was Brian Eccles. He worked at Glenfiddich Distillery. He decided to throw himself into a 50,000 liter whiskey vat. He literally drowned in the water of life. But no mention, I said, was made as to what they did with the leftovers. And then there was finally my school dinner lady. In 1990 in Lancashire, a school dinner lady went into a deep freezer without telling her colleagues. The door slammed behind her and sadly the emergency unlocking system mm. failed. She was found the next day amongst rather a lot of bird's eye fish fingers. So my father wrote to me about this. And um, my dad had these uh, two people who worked with him. And, uh, and he said, I enjoyed your article on the death of the scoffer and was reminded of Mrs. Jackson and Bissell. These were two, um, he, he was called Michael Jackson. And he had a secretary called Margaret Thatcher. Who, so we have Michael Jackson and Margaret Thatcher, who were not the, the famous ones. Back in the mid-1980s, pubs regularly issued the chef's challenge, whereby the apple mentioned would produce a vast plate of cod, of, of food, sorry. If the punter could clear the plate, they got it for free. Many tried, but few succeeded. Jackson and Bissell were the exception. Most Saturdays outside the shooting season, they would set off in mixed van to wherever the challenge had been set that day. I remember them driving to the spotted dog at Chipping, where they demolished the first plate of food, asked for seconds, then followed up with pudding. Afterwards, they were banned. The food in your photograph consumed by that woman would have been perceived by the formidables only as an amuse-bouche. <laughs> That was my father's view on on, on the death of the scoffer. <laughs> so, poor old scoffer. Um, cheers to her and her memory. So barbed literary skills run in the family, do they, Matthew? Um, well, my father, is uh, he's capable of writing emails and he mm -hmm. likes writing. And he, he enjoys himself, whatever he does. He goes horse racing and fishing and... He likes writing me notes, telling me things like that. So. Right. Next question is from Web of Spiders. Ask Matthew about oh. Sharon Osborne and her bratty kids. Um, in what sense? I've, I've never had a problem with Sharon Osborne. She's always been pleasant. I don't know her well, but um, I, her children I've never met. So. What does Matthew, there's another question from this person. What does Matthew think about the Kardashians? Never met them, don't know anything about them, so I can't possibly comment. I think they're a bit boring, to be honest, or tedious. Other than, you know, the fact that the father was involved with O.J. Simpson. I think that's the only interesting thing about the lot of them, but no one seems to talk about that anymore. Well, that is all the questions on the community wall. I'll go over to the questions on Twitter next and chat. If you've got questions that we've not answered, please put them in the chat. So, first question on Twitter is, Matthew has met so many famous people. Did he ever meet the late Michael Winner? Um, I replied to that person directly. Yes, I've met Michael Winner. Sadly, he's dead now. But uh, uh, I've had many an encounter with Michael Winner. And probably the most amusing one was um, 
I went to a dinner party at someone's house in uh, East London and it was snowing. And Michael Winner said, would I like to um, be driven home in his Rolls Royce? And I said, no, no, I'm enjoying the party. I'll stay. And then I, um, I had to get the underground and um, I got on this train and th this station, there was some weirdo who got on with a ghetto blaster and they were playing Lady Gaga, Bad Romance. And this music was coming on. And the next station on got someone who looked like he was from um, the Ku Klux Klan or, you know, the BNP or something. And he didn't like Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. So he punched the person in the face with the ghetto blaster and the blood sprayed all over me. And then I got to Sloan Square where I cut off the underground in the snow and I was covered in blood. And my friends, of course, my friends had to walk out and pass me. And they're like, what are you covered in blood? And if I'd listened to Michael Winner, I would have got home in his Rolls Royce <laughs> instead of being covered in blood to the music of later. So every time I hear Lady Gaga, I think of Michael Winner. And that's not the only situation you've been in on the tubes, is it, Matthew? Wasn't there, wasn't there a situation where someone was almost murdered or something? No, I'm not. Nobody was murdered. No, I, I got my uh, computer stolen on the uh, train recently. Oh, the recent story, yes, where you were. Because Matthew was scheduled to interview a Savile survivor with me, but you had a. robbery. Do you want to run that one down? Oh, uh, that was a ridiculous story, but that, that involved good police officers. And I will say the British Transport Police are to be commended. It was the weekend of the armistice thing, and I'd stayed with my my friends in uh, West London and on my way back from France, and um, there was no transport, so I had to go on this bus to Hammersmith and then change to this Hammersmith and this man stopped me on this escalator. I'll keep it brief. And he he said something like, um, are you struggling? And I said, I don't feel I am. And then I got to the top of this escalator and I realized my computer was in a bag next to my suitcase and someone had stolen it. So I rang my friends and, you know, I, did I leave my computer in your house? And then they're going, no, 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 you didn't. And I'm thinking, oh, they must be mad and go and look for it. Um, but I can't get back there because there's no transport. So, um, so they said, go to the bar we were in yesterday, the restaurant, which is where I was going anyway, because I was meeting someone else. And I got there and it wasn't there. And I thought, well, that's the end of that. But the wonderful barman said, there's something called Find My. I didn't know I even had this, you know, my technical guru had put this on my device so it immediately flashed up that it was in this hammersmith and then my friend who's called aristotle who's a heart surgeon a wonderful gentleman he said you, you offer a reward and then someone might bring it back he said put 50 pounds i said nobody will come for that so i put 500 and thinking nobody would come at all and that was that. And then I thought, well, at three o'clock, this underground was going to reopen because they were the, the because of all these BNP people, they stopped the underground and the strikes and all. And I went to this Hammersmith 
and I asked the underground people, and they said, we don't have your computer. And I asked this shopping mall person, and they said, we don't have it. And then I saw these three policemen, and I said, you know, uh, uh, can you help me? And suddenly my phone rang, and this man, he said, I've got your computer. I want my 500 quid. And they said, we know who he is. So they said, we'll go and hide in the shop, which they did. And he said, I'll be there in five minutes. So he came and he went, where's my 500? And I said, you're not getting 500. Here's your friends. <laughs> they cuffed him. So that was a wonderful thing. And they were absolutely great. Um, meanwhile, my friend Sandra Howard, who was married to Michael Howard, who used to be the leader of the Conservative Party, they had their car stolen with her, her latest novel in it, and they haven't got it back. But, you know, we, we've both been corresponding about, you know, how, you know, always make sure everything is backed up and use this thing called Find My because it's really useful because it got me my computer back. Now, I was a very lucky rare story you know most people would never have that but there's one good use of technology that you know people say technology is surveillance well if i hadn't had that then i would have lost my computer but it was all backed up on a iCloud thing but um but i got my computer back so matthew um, how did the thief know you were offering 500 quid uh because it it it, it, it wakes up the device this program is that that's what it does. It's it, it tells them that you know <laughs> I put my phone number and said phone this number and you'll get five hundred quid. What? I have no intention of giving him five hundred quid because I knew full well it was him. He was a fifty year old man, um, I don't know, Eastern European and and they said, Well, we know who he is. Good grief, that was lucky, wasn't it? I was extremely lucky. And I hope other people, um, you know, experience good treatment like I did from this British Transport Police. And they were on their way to deal with all this Tommy Robinson stuff. And they were just having a sandwich break. And they said, well, we'll help you. And they were fantastic. And I would love to thank them properly. But, you know, they said, we're on our way to our next thing. And two of them took him away because their station is right next to this Hammersmith. And... The other one went straight off to deal with, you know, horrible right-wing fascist people. So they were lovely people, and they were very, very kind. And I thanked them for helping me, and I was very, very lucky. And I, I took the barman out for lunch the next day to say thank you because he was the wonderful person that told me what to do. And I, if I hadn't known that, I would never have – I just thought, oh, that's it now. I've lost it. But, mm. Yes, there are good news stories out there from time to time. And, you know, if someone does something good for you, you should thank them. But they didn't want to be publicly thanked because they're, you know, it's their job. But they were great. All right. Go on to the rest of the questions. You got one from Trevor. Is Matthew getting married next year in Scotland? Um, no, I'm not getting married next year. No, in, not in Scotland. No, no. Sammy wants to know whether you've ever met Michael Jackson. I did meet Michael Jackson uh, many years ago in Knightsbridge, yes, and I was with Bubbles the monkey. Yep. <laughs> did Bubbles behave? Yes. 
Yes, it was very well behaved. And he was he was very charming and very pleasant, um, very childlike, but, you know, a totally talented, wonderful person. But it was many, many years ago um, when it was the home of a lady who was very friendly with Mohammed Fayed. And he was very friendly with Michael Jackson. That's why he was there. I've just watched all that Fayed stuff on The Crown. Yes, well, Mr. Fayed was a little eccentric. Um, I remember him coming up to someone I knew at a party and offering, giving them Viagra and said, well, you'll need that to get yourself up. <laughs> and it was, he, he, he was regularly very, very naughty, Mr. Fayed. Um, and I know, I know several of his children and, um, you know, the, the, it's it was a very sad thing that happened with him and his children and and Diana and all of that. But um, he was a bit crazy. But you know the Hamiltons don't have any liking for him. But um, um, you know the children were absolutely fine with me. So I I have to say you know um, it was very very sad what happened. And, the ending wasn't very pleasant for any of them. And not really at all. Something you'd wish on your worst enemy. Janice is wondering whether there's an update on the Jeremy Bamber case. Um, I believe they are still pursuing things with this Criminal Cases Review Commission. I haven't seen the people who you know also um, in quite a while, but um, I don't think anything's happened recently, no. I don't think you like this conspiracy question, but I'll ask it you anyway. Did, did oh, Charles you, get... you like you like winding me up? So go on. <laughs> did Charles get rid of Harry because it's not his child? Um, well, that's a load of old rot, as we all know. So yeah, no, the, the, the dates don't make sense. So it's it's a stupid question, and frankly, you know, Prince Harry is Prince Charles's son, and that's the end of that. Does Matthew keep a diary journal? Will he write a memoir one day from Abby? Um, I, I write everything down in notebooks, yes. So I have lots of notes and I keep all my notebooks. So I have pages and pages of books. And uh, it's always wonderful that people send me notebooks because I, I get through notebooks at the speed of knots. <laughs> I write an awful lot down. So. Um, and I, I love, um, you know, my notebooks because I, it, it reminds me of things and I draw these, but like, like our mutual friends, this Addy Ads guy who I think is brilliant. He, he does these mind maps and I do those as well. And I, I link everything and I write them. That's how I get inspired to think about something is to connect the dots. And um, if you don't write it down, then. Computers are all very well, but a notebook is better. Andy John wants to give you a massive thank you for curing his insomnia. Oh, I don't know why I've cured your insomnia, but uh, if I'm responsible for curing someone's insomnia, I've done something good for the world in 2023. Uh, Mark Dover wants to know if I mini cheddars and twiglets should be served together. No, certainly not. <laughs> Um, if you're a mini cheddars fan, you probably wouldn't want the twiglets polluting them. No, no, thank you. No, definitely not. No. We've got a question on Twitter from Elizabeth Bond. 
What oh, prediction? Now she she's a regular contributor to the Steeple Times, and uh, I've known of her for many years. I don't think we've ever met, but um, she's a lovely lady. She wants to know the outcome of the presidential election. Well, we won't know anything of that until it happens, will we? I think um, they don't. They usually like can the, the incumbent and get get a new one around now. Um, well, I think that Joe Biden is a bit sleepy, to be honest. <laughs> yes, I think people want someone who's actually awake to be yes, running. So I actually know what Does Elizabeth Bond have cats and any named Boris? Does Elizabeth Bond have a cat named Boris? I don't yeah. know. Well, that's for her to tell you. It's not. From the... How would how would I know that answer to that question? Do I look like the Oracle? No, I can't answer that question. That's a very strange question to ask me. I don't see what me and Elizabeth Bond couldn't. I, um, I, I assume they're trying to make a reference to James Bond and Ian Fleming, but I don't know about her having cats or not. Um, it's for Elizabeth to tell us if she has a cat, if she wishes to share that with the audience, then that is her prerogative. Last chance to get your questions in, folks, because we've worked through nearly all of them. Duke uh, has asked, do you think Biden has been replaced by an actor wearing a mask? Um, uh, he, could be, he could be there with his silly son having a mask, yes. You know, his son, Harry, likes, his son likes dressing up in things, doesn't he? Harriet is wondering about Fergay's table manners. Um, I've only had dinner in a restaurant with her once, um, and I wasn't at the same table. So, um, no, I don't know what her dining habits are like, but uh, she she does like a bit of uh, takeaway. She likes anything she can get for free. So. You know, she has been known to she'd probably walk out with the cutlery if she could nick it. Has Matthew finished morning Silla Black? Um, was I ever morning Silla Black? No, I don't believe I ever was. So I thought she yeah. was still alive, isn't she? Silla Black, is she? Oh no, no, she's long gone. Oh, she's gone? Okay. Oh, she's long gone. She's been gone a few years. Didn't she say some things that were pro Savile before she went? Um, no, no, Rolf Harris. Harris, that's it. Yes, no, you've got the wrong one there. Angela's uh, wondering whether you have a dislike for the word toilet. Um, I don't think it's a correct word to use. No, you're better off calling it the bog or something else. Right, that's it, Matthew. You've got through all the questions. And huge thank you for your time this evening. Okay, well, thank you very much, and thank you to everyone, and uh, Merry, Merry Christmas, and uh, Glorious Happy New Year, and, um, you know, uh, I can't believe we're mourning Scylla Black here, but um, she has been dead for quite, brown bread, for quite a few years, but to old Scylla, who once bored me to tears over her story of... Um, Oh, she bought a, be a Bentley and had her name sewn into the headrests. It was the most boring story I've ever heard. Um, what? So what? A Laura, Laura laughs with our Scylla, but no quick reminder from her, please. 
what can people look forward to at the Steeple Times and your YouTube channel, Matthew? Oh, I'll I'll be uh, talking a bit more about Michelle Moan and um, the people you're not allowed to talk about. And um, yes, I'll be talking about the first January list and uh, the list that won't be missed, so to speak. So there we go. And uh, I hope you can come and visit in the new year. And um, definitely. We will we will try and reconvene with um, more to chatter, conversation, whatever. So have a wonderful, happy, glorious evening and my love and best wishes to you all and your families and friends. All of Matthew's links are in the description box below this video, so please go and support his work. You can check him out on his YouTube channel. He's doing regular content. And I think you made an announcement that you might even be doing more content tonight, aren't you? Oh, I might make a. They, they, they. Everyone loves a little quiz, so you know, they have a Christmas quiz. So you're, I will continue with another little quiz and some more conversation over there, in due course. So there we go. And uh, thanks for reading the mini cheddar's letter, says Harriet. So well, everyone loves a mini cheddar, and I do not work for them. Other brands are available. But I would not be buying them myself. They are quite addictive. Much love and respect wherever you are in the world. I hope you had a joyous Christmas and have a fantastic new year. And we will be back with more content very soon. So take care. Okay. So, hip, hip, and goodbye. Choo-choo. Adios. Choo-choo.